0: A spacious home, a beautiful backyard. What more could a house-hunting father ask for? Then, after he and his children move in, things take a turn for the horrific. But the family wouldn't be the last to be terrorized by this frightening abode. This week's episode is The Union-Missouri Screaming House. Up in the night, your heart fills with dread. Probably a murderer who wants you dead. Could be a ghost, a demon or worse. Perhaps you're the victim of a witch's curse. It's hopeless you're doomed. You'd call a priest if you could. You'd rather just listen to who Sinister I'm gonna kill you. You know they uh call Missouri the show me state. Ooh, show you what? Just proof, I guess. Evidence? <laughs> tits? I don't know. I'd like... Uh,
1: I feel like if anybody's the show me t- state for tits, it should be... Well, Louisiana. New Orleans is, Yeah, I was going to say New Orleans is a city, but Louisiana, I think, owns that right. That's true. What are we? Lone Star State? Boring. Yeah. What does God that even bless mean? Texas. not matter. <laughs> These colors don't <laughs> run, baby.
0: No. Oh, man. I, I don't think I've been to Missouri. Have you? I've driven through Missouri back and forth on the way to and from Chicago. That makes sense. Did you hear any screams as you passed through? Uh, I myself screamed in St. Louis when I jumped into an adult-sized ball pit, and somehow the area I jumped into, the balls had moved, and it was just a hard floor, and I hit my elbow, oh. and I was Oh. <laughs> There's, it's called the City Museum. I think it's called the City Museum in St. Louis. And it's a real cool, fun... It's not really a museum. It's more... There's an adult size ball pit. There's an airplane that's in a treehouse that you can climb up into. And an old bank vault you can go into. And that's, that's cool. my my time in St. Louis. And eating barbecue. First, first don't ever jump into an adult-sized ball pit. That that's... was on me. <laughs>
1: yep. Second... Now that you mention it, I totally went to St. Louis as a kid. We went on a oh, family yeah. vacation. Did you I'm go in the arch? There's whole years of my life that I might as well not uh, have been around for. Yes, we went in the arch. Same. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, man, I have like a vague recollection. You're in this tiny little, it's a mm-hmm. very tiny little thing going up and you kind of look out of a window and mm-hmm. see the city. That's what I yeah. recall. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's pretty it. much it. I Nailed don't know it. why it was built. They call it the gateway
0: to the West, but I think that it has to do with a lot of displacement of indigenous people and Native Americans. The Arch does? Yeah, I think so. It's a tribute to them? eh, The opposite. (laughs) I think it's a tribute to let's expand westward. And so it's maybe not. I'm not besmirching the good name of the Arch. A lot of things that we uh, love and respect turned out to have really upsetting histories. Yes, that's true. I did not know that about the Arch.
1: Well, I also didn't know this about Missouri, this no. um, this screaming, haunted, alleged demonic house. You know what? It must not scream Union, that Missouri. loud. I haven't heard it. <laughs> this was a Patreon suggestion from Kimmer. Thank you, Kimmer, on our Discord channel. So if you're a Patreon and you haven't yet jumped on the Discord channel or the Discord uh, server, get on it because...
0: It's popping, y'all. There's it's a lot a of good channels. We just did our Q&A on video. Mm-hmm. We figured out how to answer questions because before we were typing questions and our lovely producer, Tommy's like, you can just do video. It's faster. <laughs> so thank you. Yeah.
1: Tommy also asked before we re- recorded tonight, are you guys doing a Halloween episode? I love Halloween episodes. And I said, mm-hmm. I don't know what makes it a Halloween episode. He's like, you got to have a lot of, ooh, spookies, ooh.
0: This is a scary one.
1: We'll try to incorporate those
0: throughout this ghost story. I like a good ghost story. I like, this was a gift to us because it's a good Halloween thing. We also got some other gifts, though. I would like to quickly say thank you for it. We did, yes.
1: We We got,
0: yeah, go ahead. I opened, uh, I checked the P.O. box and I opened up this gift and I burst into tears when I saw it because it was so amazing. This a listener named Shay McCullough drew us these phenomenal pictures that it's like a collage of everything that represents us. Mine has like mm-hmm. polar bears, SMU. It says the dick will drag you down. It has Dick Van Dyke, which I'm debating on getting as a tattoo because I've always wanted a Dick Van Dyke tattoo. And this is like a perfect cartoonization of him. Mm. And there's like a gavel and you then you got some too that are awesome. Oh yeah. She they it was beautiful. You messaged me and said, I'm dropping this off on
1: your porch. You're gonna burst into tears when you see it. Mine has also Dairy Queen, a giant sloth, Texas Tech logo, because I went there my freshman year. Um she also, it has so many things, beautiful things on it. She, oh, oh it says Detective Mommy Funny Pants. Yes. Little badge. She literally, in it, she wrote a very sweet note to us and in it said, I took notes throughout a lot of your episodes <laughs> so I could make sure that these were really personal. And I was like,
0: That is amazing. (laughs) It was above and beyond. And I was having a particularly difficult day when I got it. And I immediately grabbed something off the wall that was framed. And I was like, I don't care about this picture. I'm framing this right now. (laughs) And I put it in my living room because I love it so much. I'm going to put it on my, I have a whole
1: wall in our hallway that's Sinisterhood stuff. So I'm putting it there. And she also made a special one for Ella that has Mm. Ella's name beautifully written and a sloth on it. And it's in Ella's room. So, So we very sweet. appreciate it. Thank you so much, Shay. We also received some amazing hand sanitizer lotions, some really cool stuff from the good people at Love Dirty.
0: I love my glam shell. It is a little thing that goes in your purse yes. that is a to-go hand sanity. First of all, this stuff smells so good. They're not paying us for this. I just really love this. They, they aren't. If you want because to, I, we okay. can talk offline. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. But, yeah, we just really appreciate it because... It is uh not harsh on your hands and I have eczema and so does uh Tommy so Yes, Tommy has stolen it from me. Okay, really. The little
1: the little shell thingy which is also my favorite and it comes with refillable things to put in it. It was in his car and I put it in my purse and he's like, "Can I have that back?" And I go, "Can you have back the thing that a listener <laughs> sent me?" Sure, <laughs> you can <laughs> You can have this back. Um so. people are always messaging us asking us if we have a PO box where they can send stuff that we might like, and we love getting things, there's no pressure to send us anything. But if you ever want to send us something, our PO box is five seven zero six two six, Dallas, Texas seven five three five seven. Yes, and we will. By we, I mean Heather will go yes. check the PO box. I love she when she checks it on her little runs. And, <laughs> I do. Uh,
0: <laughs> walk through the neighborhood. Her little I put, runs. I don't know why I called them little runs. I have a little fanny pack and I put my mail in my fanny pack. And there I walk you home. go. I so, once yeah. had a boss that very unironically wore a fanny pack daily. I kind of am ashamed of my fanny pack, but it's so convenient. I love it. I got they're it. They're very and I, convenient. Yeah. And now yeah.
1: they're back. I mean, the, the hipsters brought them back. So.
0: Oh, I did not know that. I'll stop being
1: ashamed and I'll Oh, yeah, they're or. a
0: big thing fashionable and now if
1: you wear it up around strapped like a a sash over your chest that's the real hip way to wear it now it's it's not gonna fit that way there's no way (laughs) well thank you kimmer for this suggestion and thank you october for halloween
0: because um
1: it's our favorite holiday and we wanted a fun spooky ghosty story to get everybody in the mood so we hope you like it
0: Ooh.
1: Yes, there we go. It's, it's See, it's, <laughs> it's a Halloween episode. Stephen Lachance was born January 3rd, 1965, in St. Louis, Missouri. He was raised in nearby Franklin County and calls Union, Missouri, a small town just outside of St. Louis, home. In his book, The Uninvited, The True Story of the Union Screaming House, he claims Union is... Where my roots are. At age 23, he married his childhood sweetheart. And the two had three children together, Lydia in 1988, Michael in 1989,
0: and Matthew in 1991. I think it's important that we pause and say, while majority of this is from this book, I think the names and sometimes genders of people have been changed to protect the innocent. It's.
1: Or it's almost like it's a fiction story <laughs> that got rewritten in s- because several editors were like, you know what? I really think this would play better if the landlord was a creepy man named Carl Winters instead
0: of a woman. You know, but uh, his son Elliot is a. Uh, uh, oh, you now- just doxed him. Well, he's on the internet. I'm they're kidding. both all over the. Yeah, I <laughs> saying, they're joking. both all over the internet. Don't be in yeah. the newspaper if you don't want to be. In, That's true. Uh,
1: Don't live in a haunted house if you don't want to be doxxed.
0: Yeah. Or just live in a haunted house quietly like some of us. (laughs) Unfortunately,
1: things began to turn sour for the young father. First, his older sister Janice died. Then, in 1995, his wife announced she wanted to leave the family, claiming she had never wanted to be a mother. Adding insult to injury, before leaving, she also told Stephen that she had not been paying rent or utilities and that the family was being evicted from their apartment. So he paints
0: her as this horrible woman. Indeed. It's pretty its pretty shocking. She says, I want to divorce the children, according to his book. So, again, because so
1: many things in this book we're not quite sure about, I don't want to say this woman was a horrible person. because We don't know. <laughs> we don't know. So if you're listening, Mrs. Lachance... <laughs> Former then,
0: Mrs. LaChance. Former Mrs. LaChance. You may have been a very lovely woman. We don't know. It's the two, the three sides to every story. His side, her side, and the truth. hmm
1: Stephen became angry and blamed God for the tragedies that happened to him. But his daughter had another way to cope. She told her dad that she continued to see her Aunt Jan standing in the girl's closet wearing a flowing dress. Stephen shrugged this off as a figment of his child's imagination but would soon learn that it wasn't so simple. What
0: if Ella told you that she saw someone in her closet? Oh, I think about this a lot, honestly. Like, what are you going to do if your kid says there's a ghost?
1: Yeah. Or, yeah, that and just if I hear her talking to someone on the monitor, I think about that a lot. Mm -hmm. She'll stay in her every night. She goes, when we put her to bed, for an hour or two. She just talks to herself and, like, plays in her bed until she eventually falls asleep. And mm-hmm. she'll say all sorts of wild stuff. And I'm just waiting for it to be like, no, my mommy and daddy wouldn't like that. No. Like, you yeah. know, she just starts I talking to I don't want to get something. a kitchen knife. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to go turn the oven on. Yeah. I think about that a lot. I don't ever want to tell her something isn't real. Mm-hmm. Like, if she was like, there's a man in my closet, I wouldn't want to be like, no, there's not. Just go back to bed. You're making this up. Because that's would, when they strike. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> so I don't want her to feel like I don't believe her. But I would, I would look in the closet and help her to feel better. My mom, when I was little, if I ever said there were monsters under my bed or things in my closet or anything, she got a spray bottle and put herbs inside of it. Smart. With water, and she was, said it was a magic potion, and she would go and spray it in my closet and under my bed and said it that got rid of everything. Oh, that's nice. That's really smart. Passed that down to a dad when I worked at a daycare whose little girl was saying the same thing. They did it. It worked for her, too. So maybe we'll yeah. do that for Ella one
0: day. Get some sage or something in there.
1: Yeah. She does. I mean, she talks about her... Um, her friend named Fokker, who's that monster that lives in the house. So Monster Fokker, really? Monster Fokker. <laughs> monster Fokker is who her little best imaginary friend is. Oh, I don't know where Fokker came from. This is the same child that when I she wants uh her unborn baby brother to be an ice cube for Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't understand what that means. <laughs> She's got an imagination. Over the next six years, Stephen and his children moved from place to place. Then, in May of 2001, they found themselves desperate again. The lease on the apartment where they had resided for the past two years was up, and they had no place to go. Having reached out to countless rental ads in the paper, the single father was relieved when a man from one of the properties finally returned his call.
0: A call he would come to regret. More.
1: The house in question was old, but in good shape, according to the landlord, Carl Winters, who invited Stephen to an upcoming open house. Best of all, the rent was only $600 a month, a steal in Union, Missouri. When Stephen and his daughter arrived at the large white home, they immediately knew they had to have it. The two-story house was much larger than anywhere they had lived before and featured original woodwork, three bedrooms, and a nice-sized family room for Stephen and his children to gather. There were even some quirky amenities, like a fruit cellar and a butcher's shower located in the large basement. In his book, The Uninvited, Stephen recalls touring the house with Carl Winters,
0: who told Stephen and 12-year-old Lydia that the butcher's shower was used for... The men to clean themselves after they had slaughtered the hogs. That's a selling point of any home, don't you think? Why would you need that? No, thank you. No, thank you. Why would you you need that? But then also, why would you tell a 12-year-old child that? To her face. Also, he said (laughs) he frequently, Stephen would leave the boys, like, with his parents or at home or whatever, because he said, you know, landlords would not rent to a dad of three kids. I'm like, that is against federal housing laws. If Mm. someone is not renting to you based on your familial status, you should not have to leave your kids at home. No, definitely not. There's also a lot of wig talk in the book about Carl Winters. If you search the Kindle book for wig, (laughs) it comes up like 15 times. Every time Carl Winters walks in a scene, his wig is askew. And it's, I'm not here. I'm like, why are we wig shaming this man? No! There's too much wig talk in this book. Also, if you're, isn't it a toupee if it's a man and not a wig? Where where is the line drawn betwixt toupee and wig? Where's the hairline drawn?
1: Hi! I've, I am. To me, a toupee is a smaller hair piece. And then a wig is. Well, but a wig could be small too. Yeah, I don't know. Probably originally it it was toupee for a man, but now I think wig toupees can be for anybody and so can wigs.
0: Well, maybe too. It's like, you know, not all squares are rectangles, rectangles are square, that whole thing. But Mm -hmm. it's like not all wigs are toupees but all toupees are wigs maybe like maybe. it's a specific versus a general but anyway this mr alleged mr winters <laughs> supposedly wore a wig all the time that's the, another discrepancy we found
1: everything i kept reading online he, Stephen is calling the it a landlady and a weird eccentric landlady but then in his book, all of a sudden it's become
0: Carl Winters, the man, the, the landlord. The, the manlord. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of differences. I'm a, My undergrad degree is in creative nonfiction writing, and they just, like, really caution you against, like, if you want to amalgamate characters into one or change things, it's there's nothing wrong with just saying it. And, like, David Sedaris, you'll notice he does that in a lot of his stories, will say, like, uh my a neighbor across the street, a woman I'll call Jane, so you know that that's yeah. not a part, so all you would have to do is say, uh, the eccentric landlord who I'll call Mrs. Winters or I'll call you know Mrs. Smith or something, so I think it the lines get a little bit blurred and gets a little confusing when you don't make those asides mm-hmm. and it be- it almost becomes a based on a true story versus the true story yeah. of I think you
1: lose credibility when you're touting this as nonfiction uh, biographical event that happened to me and then it doesn't take much research to see well those aren't your kids names but uh that's not the land person <laughs> that, mm-hmm. that owns your house wait a second this guy this uh crazy landowner we'll get to later has two different names this yep. is a historical person how can we do that
0: <laughs> there's a historical gravestone hmm
1: Hastily, Stephen filled out his application, hoping he would somehow beat out all the other interested tenants. Upon handing it to Mr. Winters, Stephen recalls in his book that the eccentric man said to him,
0: You understand the responsibility that comes with living
1: in an old house such as this. Not really understanding the question, Stephen simply replied, Oh yeah, I understand. It's beautiful. A week later, Mr. Winters called Stephen to let him know the house was his. (laughs) <laughs> and
0: that's when the troubles began.
1: <laughs> we need eerie uh, wind sounds. Yeah, I like that. Speaking of eerie sounds, I was using a sleep app the other night. Mm-hmm. And some of the sounds on this thing, I was like, who the hell could possibly fall asleep to the sound of a train rattling down the street? <laughs> like, why is this... An option. <laughs> there were so many options that I was just going through. them. I'm like, this is <laughs> no one in their right mind could sleep to this, or maybe they can't. I don't know. I have to have just like solid fan noise. I can't mm-hmm. have like the pitter patter of rain or anything
0: where like the sound changes a lot like that. Oh, like thunder or something. Or yeah, like, I like ocean waves. But yeah, there was one that I downloaded that was ocean waves and it was like. Yeah, I was like yeah. why do I want that? You're drifting
1: off, and all of a sudden it's
0: <laughs> like, right. the ship's coming in, and the birds are attacking. <laughs> this is not
1: relaxing. Yes, one of them was, um... oh, what was it? It was fire crackling, but it just sounded oh. like a house was on fire. <laughs> it was just like <laughs> sounded like a blazing fire. <laughs> With so much crackling
0: going on. I'm like, I would just have dreams. <laughs> being burned alive if i was like on scrooge when he's being uh he's yeah. being incinerated and he's alive that's not calming burning
1: <laughs> very few of these things were were calming it was a confusing app well the family was to move in over memorial day weekend however before the big move would come strange and terrifying occurrences began in the apartment where they were still living though Stephen's sons matthew and michael had stayed behind on the tour of the new house Matthew was somehow affected by it. That night, Stephen wrote, his 10-year-old son woke up screaming about a man standing in his room. Neither Michael nor Stephen saw anything, but Matthew was adamant. Although Stephen brushed it off as part of Matthew's imagination, on his way back from the kitchen to get his son a drink of water, Stephen himself saw the shadow of a man run through the apartment. (sighs) It's not what you want to see. No! There's a lot of um, things that are introduced in the book and then not really expounded upon anymore. Mm-mm.
0: The Jan, the Jan ghost, I thought would come back.
1: Well, the sister and like, who passed away. Yeah, and this to me, if I see somebody run through the apartment, I'm gonna go investigate. I'm probably gonna call the cops. Like, mm-hmm. I'm. I don't. I. I maybe I'm a just a little more thorough in my ghost hunting, but
0: I'm not just going to be like, yeah, that was weird. Anyways, yeah, or, night kids. Say, or at least go and tell the kid, I saw something too.
1: Yeah. I, honestly, in any of these incidents, I GTFO. Yeah. Every you time. grab the kids, you grab your pets, you get out of there, you go stay with someone or a hotel or something. Holiday Inn. Later that night after falling asleep, Stephen also had an encounter he couldn't explain. As he lay sleeping, he suddenly felt a pressure on his chest and heard a voice imploring him.
0: Look at me. See me.
1: You know you want to look at me. Relenting, Stephen saw white glowing eyes in the darkness and soon felt hands wrap around his neck. When Stephen looked into its face, he wrote in his book, it was. The face of Christ possessed, of Christ gone mad. He then woke himself up and convinced himself it was nothing more than a dream. When the ghosts start choking you, that's serious. I remember once waking up. I was home from college. So I was at my parents' house at the time. And I think I was awake, but it was one of those like half awake, half sleepy things. And I was on my back, and I felt like there was something hovering over me, like the Mm -hmm. length of me sucking, like, my soul, I guess, out of my mouth. And I could, like, (gasps) feel it happening. This has happened a few times. I've actually looked it up, and it's apparently it's a thing that people say that they have happened to them. What is it? But I remember, I mean, there are those that believe it's It's a a, spirit. (laughs) Is it a dementor? Yes, I think it was a dementor. This was long before Harry Potter, but it could have been a dementor. There's also that... Although I I don't think I've ever experienced true sleep paralysis, but for that is a terrifying thing. That's an episode in itself. Mm -hmm. There's so much, there's a documentary about it that's just, oh my gosh, because you're awake, but you can't move. Yeah. And you know you can't move. But one of the common things with that is like hallucinations. Mm -hmm. Like uh, specifically, people will think they see things standing at the end of their bed. God. And a lot of. Uh, skeptics would say that's why some people think that they have been abducted by aliens, but it's really oh. sleep paralysis. But they think that they're seeing, like, um, shadows and figures at the end of their bed and stuff like that. Others might say the aliens made it to where you couldn't move. That's so, true. Again, there's three sides to every story. Yours, theirs,
0: and the aliens. And the aliens. <laughs> I have not been abducted by aliens, but I have, I do have and suffer from night terrors. And I don't remember them sometimes. The true ones where I truly am like screaming myself awake. The next day Paris will say, so what happened last night? I'm like, I don't, what are you talking about? And he's like, you screamed awake. And the other night, apparently I screamed mama, mama and grabbed his arm, which I feel bad because it was a person that's also sleepy. That's very disruptive. <laughs> he luckily, he sleeps through almost anything and he can go back to sleep very easily. But the so next morning, Tommy. yeah, he was like, yeah, you grabbed my arm. I was like, what? I don't even remember what I was dreaming about. But yeah, I get, especially if I haven't slept a lot or yeah. So I need to, I need to get my sleep hygiene better. I've been breaking my own rules and not take I haven't been taking my CBD gummies like I should. And I've been watching Uh-oh. TV. I've been trying to stay awake and stay up late on my, on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. So I've done this to myself. You got to cut that blue light out. I know. Like you've been doing. I know. Turn I got... off the phone,
1: turn off the TV an hour before you're
0: going too much- to bed. Too much scary stuff made me made me want to stay up.
1: The next week before the family moved in, Stephen had to conduct a walkthrough with Mr. Winters, who asked, You don't believe in ghosts, do you, Mr. Lachance? According to Stephen, he told the man no. Mr. Winters indicated the house itself hadn't been subject to Any such nonsense but was also adamant that he would be leaving the premises before dark. Well, I think that that's a red flag. One way or the other. This house is not haunted, but I will not be staying past sundown. Gotta go. I don't like what happens when it's dark out here. For the most part, the move-in over the holiday weekend was uneventful. The neighbors seemed friendly, with one slowing down as he drove by the house to yell out the window, Hope you guys get along okay out here. Believing this was just neighbors wishing he and his family well, Stephen thought nothing of the remark. Soon, however, those assumed well wishes would take on a whole new meaning. <laughs> the very next day, Stephen began to discover some strange features about the house. For starters, all of the internal doors had hook and eye latches on the outside of the doors. Traditionally, locks are located on the inside of a door to keep people out. But these locks were different and seemed to be designed as if to keep someone in the room. Stephen writes in his Stephen writes in his book. This I have a question about. Yeah. I don't think ghosts
0: would put locks on your doors. I think because the ghosts start busting out of doors, like they bust out the closet and then bust out the doors, that the locks, my conjecture, again, it's a thread that's dropped in the book. My conjecture (laughs) is that it is, that was what they were intended for, that it was put in by previous owners to try to keep the ghosts locked up. I don't understand ghost logistics. So the fact that a ghost can like enter a body or float and not have to walk, but would be stopped by a door hook. I'm not really, unless it's like blessed by the Pope door hook, magic So hook? they were trying to keep
1: themselves in the room, but keep the ghost on the outside
0: of the doors? No, because the locks were like, if you're walking down the hallway, the lock is on the outside of the door. So right. if you're inside, you can't get out. And so I think because the ghosts were coming through these the closets. Oh, I get to what you're saying. So they're trying to But that to ke- also contain... means that you've locked yourself in the room with a ghost if or you're in here. You've locked yourself out of the room, yeah, to keep the ghost in. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's a no win situation. Here's the it thing. It doesn't make don't, sense to me. <laughs> don't rent this house. Also, no. you didn't notice that on the walkthrough? Man, I
1: will say that that part reminds me of Dexter season four, the best season with John Liskow. Oh, man. When he's walking through. John Lithgow's house, and he notices all the locks on all the bedroom doors and everything. Mm -hmm. Such a good season. Such a good season. Bizarre things also occurred as the family began decorating. As Stephen tried to hang a large picture of two angels in the living room, he found that it seemed the house did not want those images hung. Repeatedly, Stephen would hammer a nail, hang the picture, and watch as the frame would slam down to the ground. The third time he tried to hang it, Stephen recalls in his book that he felt a rush of air and something hit the back of his ankles.
0: The picture then fell off the wall, landing at his feet. Ghost is probably just trying to help you decorate and is like, "That's that picture's tacky as hell. Do not hang that." There were all these cherubs in the living room that were like around the ceiling,
1: also kind of tacky. Yeah. So he was like, "Oh, these angels will match these other angels," <laughs> again. <laughs> Too many. Yeah, maybe the ghost was like, you know what? I've dealt with these stone cherubs for long enough. I cannot have any more. Too much of a good thing ruins it. It's (laughs) matchy-matchy. It's too matchy-matchy in here, Stephen. Young Lydia discovered something else about the house, the neighbors' reluctance to go near it. As people walked by on the Lachance's side of the street, they would purposely cross over to avoid the home. When Stephen would raise his arm to wave, the neighbors would duck their heads determined to not make eye contact
0: ghost related or rude neighbors mm. he's got
1: three kids apparently yeah. this was not the time for a <laughs> single father to have three kids
0: or again, you know, screw those neighbors you single parents can have as many kids as they want you do you and live your life unless he's maybe he's wearing like cargo shorts no shirt making mm. eye contact and they're like nah dude i'm good Teva's, black
1: socks, cargo (laughs) shorts, no shirts. And they're like, "Nah, we're not going over there.
0: Not going to do it. No, we don't know what's in those cargo pockets.
1: (laughs) Inside the house, the family also noticed it was incredibly cold. Mr. Winters had assured Stephen that it was due to the house's new insulation. Lydia's closet door also seemed faulty. On the first night she was asleep alone in her bed, she came into
0: Stephen's room, complaining that it kept opening on its own. But what do you do if you're in bed and your closet door flies open?
1: I would leave the
0: house, just the whole house.
1: <laughs> yeah, just I don't. Burn it? I, 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 I would get all my, the people that I love that were in the house with me, and get the hell out. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just um, any like story like this or movie or anything where there's a haunting going on, and they continue to live in the house and just kind of deal with it. I'm like, what are you doing? I know. The only thing I can think is... (laughs) This doesn't make sense.
0: If you literally have no money and literally have nowhere else to go, but they, we will see shortly, they've got a landing pad. But my question would be, too, if the door goes... and open slowly or if it's like whoosh and it just like flies open while you're laying there i can't decide which one's worse i'm thinking the whoosh because that's intentional versus the spring is just like messed up
1: the whoosh seems like it would indicate a presence more than the slow opening Mm -hmm. but i think the slow opening is creepier
0: Mm mm-hmm Especially if it goes beyond just like a door hanging on its hinges, you know. Like sometimes if your house is shifted, it'll go. But if it's like, like it's just a little too, yeah, far, mm-hmm. it's opening
1: far enough for a person to walk oh, through. It. Just not just on. not just like because like the room I'm in right now, when the air conditioner comes on, sometimes the door pops open because the foundation is, you know, whatever. Shifted. But. If all of a sudden I was just sitting here and the door just, like, opened, like, and I was like, is Tommy about to walk in? And, like, nothing's there. I That would freak me out for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, looking at you on Skype right now, you're, oh, my
0: God, I didn't mean to scare you. Your face well, looking, I was just going to gonna say, looking at you on Skype, I see the closet door behind you. Yes. Oh, God. Now I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> you see but my door. door.
1: right behind you. If all of a sudden that just, like, popped open and, like, slowly <laughs> opened, I'd I'd lose my shit. I'm actually sweating right now. God, damn it. I'm also freaked out.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I told you I saw one of the scariest movies yes. I've seen in years the other day, and it all happens over Zoom, Mm-mm. and Wait. it's uh, for though I think I talked about it on a mixed
0: bag. Are you? Made or oh, on no? A I, Q&A. Talked it, I talked about.
1: I talked about on the Q and A, guys. If y'all haven't seen Host, go watch Host. It's a Shutter original. We watched it on the Shutter channel but i think it's also an amc right now oh it's it's like it has 100 percent on rotten tomatoes it's effective i, I told, will say
0: well i told paris about it right after the q a and he watched the trailer and he said well i think i'd like to watch it do you want to watch it and i said no christy no. told me not to watch it i'm not gonna watch Dude. it <laughs> uh, said, watch it by yourself i thought i
1: was gonna go into labor <laughs> It's like, sweating. So I was literally, like, shaking at the end. Because it's just when you're, like, tense and adrenaline, mm-hmm. you know? You're, like, holding, like, tension in your body for so long. Who? Yeah. It's good, though. <laughs> if you want a good, scary movie this Halloween, go watch Host. <laughs> As the family set about making the home their own, they began running into even more problems. First, Matthew claimed he saw a monster in the basement that chased him up the stairs. Though Stephen tried convincing him otherwise, Matthew insisted the event happened. It also chased the boy again when he went to the bathroom. This time, Matthew got a better look and described the monster as a clown. In addition to an alleged monster, the house also had a habit of turning on all its own lights when the family left and cranking down the AC, making it once again extremely
0: cold. You know what would solve all these problems? A Samsung smart home. Samsung attached all your things to your smartphone and control them from your... hand. I'm kidding. Mm-hmm. But seriously, if you, that now that you think about how connected all of our devices are, that you can have like smart plugs and smart lights mm-hmm. and smart Nest, whatever, that you could check that. And that, that's a horror movie for the ages now where your phone yeah. alerts you. Especially I have all the motion sensor cameras all over my house that you get like a motion alert. You're like, mm, what is it? Yeah. That okay, is, that's home. a good
1: new age technology movie for sure.
0: Especially if you see a goddamn clown coming up the basement. Well, stairs. And it went from a monster to a
1: clown. And the clown, again, is kind of just this thing that's thrown into the story that doesn't really make sense with the rest of the story. Well, except the, young, the clowns are scary and everybody knows that.
0: The young boy who saw it uh, did an interview and he said that at first it was this kind of shapeless, smoky monster. And then the next time he saw it is when it more took the shape of the clown. And according to the Vatican report, I use air quotes, (laughs) that was posted on Facebook and riddled with typing errors and spelling errors. But according to the Vatican report, the demon wants or entity spooky thing wants to take the shape of a clown to mock the child's innocence. Okay. So it's like
1: a Pennywise situation.
0: Yeah, I guess so. Takes
1: on the the worst, the fears, uh, the fear the most type thing. I think so. The cloud monster wasn't the only visitor. Stephen himself saw a specter in the form of an old man in a red flannel shirt, staring at him from his bedroom doorway in the night. Stephen also felt electrical feelings, almost like a current moving through him while standing
0: in the living room one day. In his book, he recalls, That was the first time I felt its presence. I can't describe it any better than it felt like an electric current running through my body, bringing tears to my eyes and bumps to my arms. Stephen's father, who came to check
1: out the house's electrical issues, hoping to get to the bottom of the lights on issue, also
0: felt the same electrical current. I have a question. Mm -hmm. Do do you think this was an orgasm?
1: (laughs) I was going to say, I think it sounds like he's in love.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's like yes. my pulse raced, I began to sweat. I had an electric feeling. My eyes rolled back in my head. It sounds like you just had a real jolly time. Yeah. Um it's
1: he was feeling something. It's I don't I don't know if it was himself or something he just got the feels from something in the
0: in the air. I mean, a flannel shirt can be sexy on the right form. That's so. true. Although can you imagine that's the worst kind of ghost is just walking through your house like, What are you doing here? <laughs> just a confused just a lumberjack? Yeah, a lumberjack. Lumberjacks can
1: be hot though. True. Could have been a hot <laughs> lumberjack and like he's a... just like got an electrical feeling. I don't know how to say what this. a what a prim and proper way to describe
0: an <laughs> orgasm. Electrical feeling. <laughs> With tears in my eyes and bumps on my arms. <laughs> but sexy lumberjack. The brawny paper towel guy. I don't know how it is if you're allowed to be horny for a fictional cartoon character that represents paper towels, but <sighs> yeah. Also, um,
1: uh, you're rewatching Shit's Creek.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't know oh, if yeah? you've
1: gotten to that season.
0: What?
1: Yeah, yeah. He's in season, season
0: one, isn't he? Yeah, he's in season. One. He's
1: kind of a he's kind of a sexy lumberjack. In oh his yeah, red flannel and that beard. Mm-hmm. Perhaps one of the most terrifying incidents occurred as Stephen and his kids sat in the living room one night, playing a game of Monopoly and discussing their upcoming stay at Grandma's house while Stephen would be away on business. Luckily, the children's backs were to the connected kitchen. However, Stephen was facing that direction and to this day remains haunted by what he saw, a dark figure of a man made up of black smoke. Stephen turned his eyes away, convinced he was imagining things. However, when he looked back up, the man was indeed there and moving closer to him and the children. That's the spooky part, as it starts to gain on you. T- starts to come in the room. Mm-hmm. Terrified yet trying to remain calm as to not upset his kids, Stephen suggested they all go out for ice cream. The excited children bounded for the front door with Stephen close behind. As he locked up behind them, Stephen was hopeful they had escaped the potential wrath of whatever that was. Just then, as Stephen closed the front door, a loud scream emanated from the house. Stephen wrote, It was the voice of a man screaming in pain. So loud it could be heard by the neighbor's dogs. Wrapped with fear, Stephen yelled to his kids, Get in the car! As the family pulled away from the old white house, Stephen recalls in his book, hearing Matthew shakily say,
0: Daddy, the basement monster's standing in the
1: upstairs window. Looking up, Stephen saw the same figure he had seen in the kitchen doorway, watching them as they drove away. That night, the family slept at Stephen's parents' house. It's the right well, thing. Well, it's about time. Yeah, get the fuck out, out. of <laughs> there. Get the fuck out of there. The Don't first time that, that picture slamming down off the wall three times, I'm I'm done.
0: Yeah. Man, that's it, it's like, what is your tipping point? That's a good question as far as haunting. It's something... You don't really consider, I guess, until you've been in that situation. That mine, I feel mine is low. Yeah, I was just saying, it's like one thing is a possibility. Like sometimes, and I'm in the Sinisterhood podcast studio, and we attach some of the foam pieces to the wall, and sometimes they'll just like fall, or like, you know, it's like a miss, like they're not hung all the way on their Mm -hmm. nail. So if, like, one falls down, I'm not going to be like, oh, my nah. God, this studio is haunted. But it's like, if one fell down, and then another, and then another, and then another. What if they shoot? all
1: fell off the wall at the same time? Oh, I'm imagining how I would feel, because I can see them right now I'm if all of Boom. And they oh just God. fell down. No. It's like that scene in no. Sixth Sense where all of a sudden like all the cabinets in the kitchen no. just fly open. Oh I'm sweating so. Much. <laughs> <laughs> oh you're you're God. safe. The door is shut and all the foam is on the wall. The you're door safe. is shut
0: for now. Rodney's got my back. The stu- the studio skeleton Rodney. Yes.
1: He's, he's got my back. He's he's your
0: protector in there. He's benevolent. Sinister Hood will be right back. It's October! That means it's time for spooky stuff like ghosts, ghouls, and
1: witches. It's almost Halloween, and one of the scariest movies I've seen that still sticks with me is The Blair Witch Project. Do you think you could survive
0: the curse of The Blair Witch?
1: Judging by what we've discussed in this uh, episode so far, no. (laughs) I I have been saying yes in all of these spots, but no, I don't think I could. I think I would run in fear. (laughs)
0: Well, but I would still if, like to try. I was going to say, despite all the times you said just leave, now this is something that you don't have to leave. You can do it in the comfort of your own home. Mm-hmm. Now, you can try to survive the curse of the Blair Witch because Hunt-A-Killer has partnered with Lionsgate Films and merged their classic immersive murder mystery game with the Blair Witch Cinematic Universe to bring you Hunt-A-Killer Horror the Blair Witch.
1: Experience the supernatural forces of the Blair Witch like never before in this narrative-driven psychological thriller. Every month, you'll receive a new box of clues, documents,
0: and ciphers to get you closer to the truth. Hunt a Killer has several different pricing options to suit your needs. And right now, you can receive 20% off your first box by visiting Huntakiller.com slash Blair Witch and entering the code CREEPY. It's a super
1: unique and fun way to gear up for the best time of the year, Halloween. Spend date night or a game night
0: with friends over Zoom or solve the mystery of the Blair Witch all by yourself. And if you get a little too spooky doing it by yourself, there's an amazing and active online community that you'll have access to where you can share theories and help each other out. If you think you're up to the task, visit Huntakiller.com slash Blair Witch today and enter code CREEPY to receive 20% off your first box. Happy hunting. Charlotte's Web is the world's most trusted hemp extract, and now you can use the code CREEPY for 15% off their entire selection of amazing products, excluding bulk products and bundles. You can choose from a selection of topical skincare products, gummies, and traditional oils, all made to support you day-to-day, moment-to-moment. My personal fave is the Mint Chocolate Hemp
1: Oil. It helps relieve everyday stresses and helps you feel calm, which in today's uh, world
0: right now, I think we all could use that. I have some of the CBD Medic eczema cream, and I uh, am relieved from all the itching and flaky skin that comes with eczema. I also have the CBD gummies for sleep, which I have failed to take like a monster. And I know as soon as I take them tonight, I'm going to have wonderful, restful sleep, and I can't as wait.
1: spooked as you've been in this episode, I feel like you're going to need to double up on these gummies tonight. <laughs>
0: Literally, the only way I'm going to sleep tonight after I screamed in this episode due to fear is with my Charlotte's Web CBD gummies. I'm not kidding. They're on my bedside table right now. And luckily for me, all Charlotte's Web products are free of eight major allergens. They're not tested on animals. They're gluten-free. And their topical products are formulated without synthetic fragrances, artificial colors or dyes, sulfates, or GMOs.
1: Speaking of animals, Charlotte's Web even offers products to support your pets, My doggos, Kate and Biddy, are enjoying the CBD chews for senior dogs because they're a little older and they're designed to enhance their brain function and support their central nervous system
0: as they age. And the CBD routine is a simple way to ease some of life's day-to-day stresses. So try the world's most trusted hemp extract by going to charlottesweb.com and entering code CREEPY for 15% off.
1: Stephen was torn. On one hand, the events that had transpired were nothing short of horror movie material. On the other hand, he had sunk all of his savings into moving into the house. After a week-long business trip and the kids staying with Grandma and Grandpa, the Lachances decided to go back home.
0: I think, you know, you get a little distance and you're like, maybe it wasn't so bad. Maybe we didn't see a clown in the window. That's what he says in his book is that I had convinced myself that none of
1: it had really happened. I could not convince myself of that. I'd be like, no, there's a smoke monster that lives in our house and is trying to kill us all. We're never going
0: back. We're living in a goddamn episode of Lost.
1: (laughs) Stephen and his parents investigated the house and discovered an old shed in the backyard with items that seemed to belong to previous tenants. At his parents' suggestion, Stephen decided to call Mr. Winters and inquire about who had previously lived there and, more importantly, if they had ever complained about ghosts. Mr. Winters blamed the previous tenants, claiming they were living in sin, practicing witchcraft, or drug dealers. The old man also recalled how one of his previous female tenants claimed to have seen her dead father visit her. In fact, several of the items in the shed belonged to the young woman. Other items in the shed belonged to a tenant that had suddenly left in the middle of the night. Apparently in such a hurry, he abandoned his things." In the end, the landlord suggested having the house blessed by a priest. However, Stephen elected
0: not to pursue this. Oh, Mr. Winters, he's just trying to help. The old witches left their stuff there. The drug-dealing witches that were living in sin left all this stuff they here. They were dealing drugs and they were humping and nothing gets a demon more riled up than those two things. <laughs> but Mr. Winters, you're the one that rented to these people. <laughs> they paid their rent on time and they gave you yeah. the first and last month's rent up front. Devil
1: worshippers or not, they paid at the first of the month, you know? <laughs> they had good credit, and that's what <laughs> As if things weren't bad enough, Stephen began having a recurring nightmare. In it, he descended the basement stairs to find a man, lit by a candle, washing blood off himself in the butcher's shower. During waking hours, things escalated as well, and the electrical feelings continued. One particularly scary instance the electrical jolt was accompanied by a foul odor, incredibly loud screaming, and thunderous crashing sounds, the sounds of something descending from the upstairs closet. The family managed to escape and drove up the street to wait for Stephen's parents to arrive. From their parked car, they saw the house's lights on, and inside, the black monster moving from room to room, hunting Stephen and his children. Having finally had enough, Stephen decided the family would move out.
0: Yeah, you don't you have dreams of a butcher shower and then you get chased out of your house. I think these we've hit the line years ago. I think Yeah, I, I
1: think I'm glad he's finally decided to move out. I have recurring nightmares all the time.
0: Do you really? What I is it? I have recurring
1: dreams and recurring nightmares. Um they're always the same premise and idea, but sometimes details with them will change. One of them even though flying is supposed to be like a fun thing to do in dreams, I'll know that I can fly and I'll be running down like a dark street in either like a bad neighborhood or just in an isolated area or something. And I'll run and I'll jump and I'll try and fly my way to safety, mm-hmm. but I won't be able to fly very fast. And then things will start to grab my ankles and like try to pull me down. Oh, God. This is that. Yeah. And then... um. I have one where I'm driving a car, but I can't control it. Mm. Like either I'll be in the back seat trying to drive from the f- into the front seat, or just like the brakes won't work, or something like that w- will happen.
0: I just had that one not too long ago, just a few nights ago. I have a recurring dream that I descend the basement stairs, and a man is washing blood, and Ooh, <laughs> he's lit by a candle. <laughs>
1: And then an electrical
0: current runs through your body. (laughs) I did have, did I tell you about my Mark Cuban dream the other day? Was it a sexy Mark Cuban term? Dream? I drove that Mark Cuban picked me up in a blue Tesla and we were going to go volunteer somewhere and we drove near the American Airlines Center. For those of you who don't know, Mark Cuban owns the Dallas Mavericks. The professional He's also an team. incredible human. He's just a beautiful human. But mm-hmm. he picked me up in the Tesla and it was totally, it was toast platonic. We were just going to go volunteer. But as we were like putting together these volunteer packets, we like pushed all the papers off the desk. And Mark Cuban rocked my world. Like I woke up. <laughs> And I apologize to Paris because I said, I just che- like dream cheated on you. Horde, horde with Mark Cuban. And I was like, I don't know what he's like in real life, but in my dreams. Oh, it was electrical good. Electrical currents, electrical currents. Now he, if I uh, see, see like news he, about him, I'm like, I don't
1: know. You need to go on Shark Tank, pitch an idea, <laughs> see if he'll invest. And that's how
0: you get his good graces. The true, the true way to do it. Or I can do a half court shot at a Mavs game. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Equally likely, both of them.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Winters would only allow the chances to break the lease if they found another family to take their place. When Stephen didn't immediately know of anyone, Winters suggested his own cousin and her two small children. Stephen urged him not to rent anyone with kids. Initially, Winters promised he wouldn't, but the old man relented on his word, renting the house to his own blood. Despite his knowledge of the alleged horrors, had taken place under the roof. Tenant's a tenant. To tenant. <laughs> I like how he's like, well, you got to find somebody to rent the place. I know someone, my cousin. <laughs> my <laughs> own family. <laughs> just We already had someone lined up. Why does Stephen need to find anybody? Why did you ask me? Man, that's a, that's a Mr. Burns type <laughs> businessman. He didn't yeah. give a shit who's in that house. <laughs> he just wants his money, family or not. Even out of the Union House, Stephen still suffered from nightmares of a man with white glowing eyes and sharp teeth. To help himself and offer comfort to others, Stephen wrote his version of the house events and posted it online.
0: So type of therapeutic way now mm-hmm. to share this with the paranormal community. And have people say, oh, that's something similar. It's happened to me. You're not mm-hmm. alone. The response was positive. A photographer who went to shoot
1: photos of the Union House met its current resident on her visit, a woman struggling with specters of her own. The photographer connected the current resident, Helen March, with the only other person who knew exactly what she was going through, Stephen Lachance.
0: Yeah, he doesn't mention the the cousin and her kids, but apparently they move out within this three-year span, and then this woman, Helen, her husband, and some of their adult children and grandchildren kind of live in the house.
1: Yeah, it conveniently, Mr. Winters, leaves out what happened to his cousin and her children. Who
0: knows? But there are Mm -hmm. three new ghosts anyway.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Helen and Stephen compared notes and found many similarities. Charlie, Helen's skeptical husband, warned Helen and Stephen to just ignore it. But ignoring it didn't work. The family's kitten was killed violently. They constantly heard footsteps and banging. Worse yet, the police showed up one evening... When Helen was alone and told her they had received a call from the house, that there was a suicide inside. Helen had not made any such call. It's like the ghosts are swatting her. That's creepy. Yeah. If the cops legit show up and they're like, we got a call that there's a suicide and you're like,
0: I'm by myself. I would say (laughs) I need to hear a requirement. Here's a subpoena for the 911 call. But then you're going to hear your own voice or something like horrifying oh god what if it is your own voice ugh. saying saying
1: i'm about to take my own life
0: or someone's already dead and then ugh, you're just trying mm. to eat some popcorn and watch tv e- but yeah they said that uh especially the husband was like don't mess with the ghost you're only gonna make it worse which he may be right i think he was steven and helen
1: researched the neighborhood's history the house was built in 1936 on land owned by a Union Army officer, Captain John Thomas Crow. Despite fighting for the Union, Crow was a slave owner and used a tunnel on the land to ship slaves off to trade them. He was also responsible for the execution of soldiers by point blank shot on the very land that the LeChance family had occupied. Townspeople told Stephen that Crow's slaves practiced voodoo and that Crow himself obtained his power position as a 33rd degree mason judge and sheriff in a deal with the devil
0: the some other historian said that crow denied ever owning slaves but that his wife owned them and that they stayed on the land but that he systematically murdered almost all of them so it doesn't it's one of those where the flip side of the story it's not any better
1: <laughs> so you're saying they weren't my i did not own slaves my wife
0: did but i killed them all that's one of the stories. That was okay. one of the versions. Yeah, okay. not any better. Not any better. No, not any better yeah. at all. No, Thomas Crowe, John Thomas Crowe is a dick.
1: He's a big sack of shit. I do wonder why Stephen would not have done this research when he was living in the house.
0: Yeah, initially. I think like an old like for me, I stalked the people that lived here before me. I I like looked at the property records back until it was built to just see like who was who and how they ended up cuz I would want to know if some Horrifying massacre or something happened here. The girl that lived here before
1: us, um all I know about her is that she had a uh, wine of the month subscription. Hell yeah! And one day, uh, a case of champagne showed up on our doorstep, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh man!" And it was nice. I like looked all of them up, and she had forgotten to cancel it, so I found her on Facebook and I Aww. messaged her, and I was like, "Hey, I think your your champagne is here." She was like, oh, okay, cool, thanks. I'll stop by to pick it up. And then months and months and months went by, and she had never stopped by. And it was just sitting here. And one day I finally was like, I'm opening one of these bottles. Yeah. And we drank it. And then, like, the week later, she's like, hey, I'm going to stop by and pick up
0: my champagne. <laughs> You're like, it's so weird when they put the, bo- the put the box down one of them exploded. It was weird. It was <laughs> I so told weird.
1: her. I was like, oh, man, I'm so sorry. We thought you were never coming. <laughs> <And> <laughs> we true. One. It's been months. Yeah.
0: She was like, it's fine. We'll just call it a finder's fee. She was that's cool true. about it. But that's super nice. Yeah. My cousin yeah. went to buy a house and they liked it. Their kid was about eight at the time, their son. And as they were like, man, we really like it. We think we're going to put an offer. The real estate agent said at the door, Hey, I have to tell you though, that there was a, uh, Double homicide here. Mm. And they said, Oh, okay. Well, was it like a home invasion? And they said, No, the parents, their preteen son killed them in the bed while they slept.
1: That's a deal breaker for me.
0: <laughs> they were like, There are other houses. This is a nice neighborhood. There's probably a few more.
1: If you love a house, it's like your dream house. I, I mean, ticks all the boxes. And then you find out something like that. Do you bail or do you say, that's a terrible thing that happened but i'm going to still move in
0: you bail because i think g- going against the universe which is telling you to get out and you ignoring it is that's what's going to cause
1: your hubris what if it doesn't bother you what if you're into it
0: Ew. i don't know people <laughs> then, people love you. murder houses yeah they do you do you man i don't know i i couldn't do it no i wouldn't what if it what if it was
1: um Something less grisly. What if? What if just an old
0: woman died in her sleep in her bed? That happened to me in my apartment in Chicago. The I got it in this like very uh exclusive building, not like exclusive. It was just like such a good price and such a good neighborhood that no one ever moved out. So it was. It took this woman and no passing one ever away. moved in. And then I moved in, and I don't think she ever moved out because I always felt like in the bathroom there was somebody standing behind me in the Mm-mm. mirror, and it didn't mm-hmm. feel like sinister. It just felt full like it felt like the room yeah Yeah. and she had had cats and they had ripped all the carpet out and done like full repainting and when i first moved in it was fine but every once in a while it would smell cat ish and i was like maybe it's just because it rained or sometimes i think ghosts have a scent yeah i will say having
1: owned a cat you never get rid of their smell especially if they've pissed somewhere in
0: the house and she lived there like 15 years
1: yeah yeah but I definitely I've I've lived places where I'll feel like a presence or like you said, that sense of like fullness or just like you're not alone in the room. And not mm-hmm. and it doesn't feel scary. You just have this awareness that like, mm-hmm. oh, the energy kind of shifted in here a bit.
0: But at the time that was a really good apartment for a good price. And you
1: and you knew it going in?
0: I knew uh they didn't tell me that she died, but I think maybe it was like I can't remember if it was a neighbor or the like whatever uh super guy like mentioned like oh we're you know mrs so-and-so she was really great you know if she was you know like the way they talked i was like oh she didn't move out like she died had if you had
1: known that prior to moving in would you have still moved in
0: yeah i probably would have taken the apartment it was so good it was it was so uh, it's uh,
1: the grisliness of the crime that i think is so the, is the line of that we don't cross i think so Stephen and helen then enlisted the help of betty a psychic who gave tours of a nearby haunted historical mansion. Her presence was not welcomed by the spirits, which almost immediately lifted her off the ground and tossed her against one of the home's walls. In her investigation with EMF meters, Betty and her assistant Lee encountered
0: an unfriendly male ghost who asserted his dominance upstairs. There was an EMF reading on Stephen Lachance's YouTube page, the audio of which kept saying, I like the boy. I like the Mm, boy. Yeeks. Yeah, it's
1: freaky. Worse yet, the basement, the place that haunted Stephen's dreams, was according to Betty, a vortex that allowed spirits to freely come and go. Aside from telling Stephen and Helen to avoid the basement, Betty didn't do much else and left. She got
0: her ass tossed against the wall. I don't blame her. Bail, girl. (laughs) Get on out of there. You did what you had to do. She's like, get out. Don't go in the basement. Peace. They really, like come in the house and go, move the fuck out. How about that? And then she, they say, are you a psychic? No, I'm just a smart person. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Did you see my ass get tossed into the wall? <laughs> Why would anyone live here? <laughs> Helen's family continued being hounded by ghosts. They heard growling animal sounds, sounds of children giggling, and even saw a ghostly infant outside in the front yard tree. Eventually, the spirits began attacking Helen herself, leaving bite marks and bruises. Despite repeated visits from various, quote, experts and psychics, neither Helen nor Stephen felt any closer to an answer.
0: Do you think Helen exists? That's what I was really trying to type every possible Googlance I could where it was like Helen, Helen March Union, Helen, Helen from Uninvited, Helen from Union Screaming House. Surely, I told you, I would think either her name was changed to protect the innocent uh or i don't dot 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 <laughs> or or she didn't exist i have not
1: found anything that this woman is a real person
0: yeah i mean uh she for all we know you know her name is you know lucy jones or something you know she, it's a, a full fake name just because as we'll see things go pretty badly for her um yeah i could not find uh anything that corroborated uh the, her existence. Mm-hmm.
1: When a lackluster blessing from a priest did nothing, Stephen assembled a team that began calling themselves MPR, Missouri Paranormal Research. The team investigated the house. One member used electronic voice phenomenon and captured the voice of a woman, saying,
0: Why don't you come and find me?
1: In another group ghost hunt, team members reported feeling chased by the electrical current A photo was taken in which Stephen wrote that he could make out several ghastly faces in the picture, including the face of what he called an old voodoo priestess, surrounding a burning cross. This solidified for the team that they were dealing with a demon. Eventually, Helen's skeptical husband, Charlie, became convinced. Early on in the haunting, Charlie warned Helen and Stephen to keep away from the ghost business and just ignore it when Charlie awoke to a hooded figure all dressed in black, staring at him and his wife as they slept, his mind was changed. Soon after, a wolf appeared in the couple's bedroom, along with another shadowy figure. This one had a message for the couple. I'm here. A few weeks later, Helen awoke in the night to a pressure on her chest and found that she was being sexually attacked by the hooded figure. It then returned and attacked Helen twice more.
0: So this is horrifying. And we yeah. we saw this in the Smurl family, I think, too, that we mm-hmm. covered. that. And so, unfortunately, some of the people that were helping him do the investigation, he talks about in the book, that they said, just forget that happened. No, that's not a thing you can forget easily. No.
1: No. And I think when you wake up and see a hooded figure dressed in black staring at you while you sleep, there shouldn't be a few weeks later, Helen awoke in the night. once you see that
0: figure get the fuck out of there yeah go to the super 8 or whatever
1: (laughs) something budget go stay
0: stay at uh, Steven's they're buddies that's true that's right he never once is like just come on over it's fine (laughs) you guys can all come over I totally understand what you were going through we went through it come stay over here (laughs) it's true she's like we've got to get out and he's like there's just like my place is kind of tight on space (laughs) like I used to have a futon but I got rid of it so I don't really have like a place for you to sleep
1: yeah (laughs) Both of them, I read this really thorough review and it's posted in the show notes of someone that read this book and wrote this. I don't know why I found the review funny. It's not funny, but he's just like points out everything that doesn't make sense about it. And one of them is, why did they both stay in this house so long when all this shit was going wrong? Like Stephen has his parents living very close by and Driving. Could, could easily go stay there.
0: Yeah, and and doesn't he's his like self-defense of that is like they only stayed like three weeks. Some would say that's two weeks and six days too many. But (laughs) Helen apparently stayed multiple months, if not years. Yeah. It was
1: around this time Stephen noticed a change in Helen, what he described in his book as a nasty glint in her eyes. On a phone call with Stephen, Helen's words went from scared sobs to vulgarities accusing her husband of fucking around honor. Later, Helen called Stephen to let him know she had attempted to kill Charlie by attacking him with a knife while the two were in their parked car. When Charlie tried running away on foot, Helen tried running him down, but he escaped. That night, the demon turned on Helen, choking, biting, and bruising her.
0: There's also a whole scene where supposedly she's walking around the house and the daughter, adult teen adult daughter's friends are there. And she's like, I need to get a knife to kill my husband. And they're like, use the serrated one, it's better. Use the butcher knife, it's better. I think that makes them accessory. <laughs> they were encouraging her. I read that it happened at his job and yes. that
1: all of that was the coworkers saying that to her. So there's a lot of variations. Yeah, of she that.
0: did. It was during lunchtime. She went and visited him at lunch and he was excited to see his wife at lunch and soon was no longer excited because she tried to stab him in the thighs.
1: Yeah. It's a it's a it's a weird one. They I mean, some would say she has now been possessed by this demon and because Steven said like her eyes started to turn black, which can be a sign of possession and she's obviously like using language that isn't something she would say and everything, but yeah, they said the
0: it's like know. oppression and then possession, so that she was in the mm-hmm. oppression phase. Mhm.
1: Frightened for Helen and her family, Stephen contacted renowned demonologist John Zaphis for help. Since the attacks were escalating, Stephen and John decided to contact a priest to conduct a proper ceremony. Eventually, the two enlisted the service of Father Paul, who touted himself a psychic priest. It's a TV show I would watch in a second. Oh, Father Paul, psychic priest. Psychic priest. One evening, Helen felt ill and scared and once again called Stephen for help. He took her to the emergency room, where her blood pressure was 209 over 198, but her pulse just 40 beats per minute. After she confessed to the doctor to having both homicidal and suicidal thoughts, she was admitted to a behavioral health
0: unit. I'm not a doctor, but those are very bad vital signs, I think.
1: Why are you calling Stephen? Why isn't your family that lives in this house with you taking (laughs) you to the hospital? It's a good question. Or calling just straight up 911. Yeah. After her release, Helen's family moved out of the house, and Helen began staying with one of her adult daughters. But her condition only got worse. She began getting violent with Stephen during their visits, and her daughter said she would be crying one moment and cursing the next. Well, I'm glad she's finally out, but again, it shows that
0: she had somewhere to go. True. The adult daughter lived a a little bit away. Not super Mm -hmm. far, because Stephen was still able to see her, but yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, it took her getting... Uh, committed to a facility. Mm Mm-hmm. Finally, on
1: Halloween night, 2005, Stephen received a pounding at his door around 8.30 in the evening. Through the people, he saw Helen, wild-eyed and cursing, demanding to be let in. He also saw she hid something behind her back. But before Stephen could call the police, Helen was gone. When he contacted her daughter, she warned that her mother had a gun and was sitting outside of the Union house, threatening to take her own
0: life. It's escalated. She has shut up to your door with a weapon. It has has escalated, for sure. Maybe uh, you should have called a priest a lot earlier and not try to handle it yourself like Scooby-Doo and the gang. (laughs) Helen's daughter arrived and managed to shake her
1: mom out of the evil blackout, taking Helen back to the mental hospital. Over the next two years... Helen underwent treatment from a psychiatrist and a priest. She was also prescribed medication that seemed to help quell her episodes. So this is one of those things we see a lot with hauntings stories is, was something really going on? Was the person just suffering from a mental illness? And Mm -hmm. these were uh, hallucinations or whatnot. Mm -hmm. Since Stephen claimed he had also experienced the same thing, one might say, no, it mm-hmm. was a legitimate haunting,
0: but who's to say? Yeah, and I think the mind, you know, if you lived in the house and, you know, he was never physically attacked or sexually assaulted in the house, it was more, except for, you know, I guess the early on dream with the choking thing, it was more like seeing stuff. And I wonder, you know, if you happen upon a person who is predisposed due to some some mental illness and you say... You know, because it said they when they first met they compared notes and they kind of you know went over what happened. And if you say, "Oh my gosh, I saw a black hooded figure," who's to say this person if she hasn't seen one, then will manifest that later and mm-hmm. see it later. Mm-hmm. But or especially like, there's bite marks or scratch marks. Is that self inflicted? Yeah. Definitely. But the the super scary thing would be if it's not self inflicted and people yeah. think it is, and you're like, "Please help me," and they're like, "You're yeah yeah yeah, just take some medicine,"
1: and they just. Commit you to a hospital.
0: And write you off. Yeah. And, of course, there's Mm -hmm. no attacks in the hospital because you're not in the haunted house. You know, you're now away and safe. Mm Mm-hmm. Today, Stephen works
1: in the paranormal field, has a local radio show in Missouri called Haunted Survivor, and speaks at paranormal conventions. In 2014, he wrote a sequel to his book, The Uninvited, called Blessed Are the Wicked. As for the House, Stephen claims the Roman Catholic Church issued a 156-page report calling the haunting a demonic infestation, oppression, and possession. However, the only available report of these claims is a copy and pasted documentation on the official Union Screaming House Facebook page. We searched high and low for a official copy from the Roman Catholic Church and One isn't to be found. I don't know where they keep them or if this is just, um, like you said, the thing on their Facebook page is... Riddled with typos. And I'm assuming (laughs) something coming from the official Roman Catholic Church is spell checked. I don't know. Maybe,
0: yeah. Or someone took the official one and typed it, and there's some errors in the transcription. Transcribed it, yeah. Yeah, but I would at least want the scan of the first page. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And also, it's only the amount that's available that I found on Facebook was like 7,500 words or something. So it's not quite, it's like 11 pages. You know, it's not 165 pages, but allegedly it's out there somewhere somewhere. If you if you're in possession of it, please send it our way. I All 156 them. pages. Let's see what you did there, possession. Mhm. While
1: several other residents lived there after Helen March, the house has now reportedly been turned into a dog kennel by Mr. Winners. In his book, Stephen alleges this is because the old man could no longer find humans to occupy the demonic space. Presently, the dogs have not yet reported any signs of a haunting.
0: And I was trying to find the address of it, and I found what one of the paranormal websites called the closest approximation. And I looked up the property records. It appears that there is still a house there. Well, there's at least a building. So there's a land value. I was looking up property records. There's a land value and a building value. And then I looked up who used to own it, and then it got foreclosed on, it looked like, and now an LLC owns it. So there's no Google Maps of this alleged address, though. I tried to drag the little man. There's a lot of pictures of the house. There's pictures but not like current day Google Maps that it currently wow. as it currently exists that i was able to So find. what do we think? Do we think the whole thing is made up like even the house? Uh, there are photos of the inside of there the house. There are photos. And the sure. outside of the house too, so. I
1: mean, there's photos of a lot of things on the internet
0: that aren't real. That's true. Um I Yeah, what do we think? That's a good question. I mean, well, i think they think that something <laughs> happened either do you or do
1: you think that he is um was wanting a a career as a fiction writer and this was a very good way to propel him into that that could
0: be uh, he he seems to genuinely believe it the kid uh i say kid he's a he's a, the son is part of this mar- paranormal society that hunts the ghosts um and also there's you know i was just searching his name in the newspaper archives like there's articles of him being interviewed of course the newspaper says mr lachance claims that he sees ghosts which is like all you can say if you're the newspaper yeah (laughs) so it's like either this was an event that truly changed his life and set him on a course to help others or was a very convenient uh thing that that I guess gave him his dream job. Either way, it's a win-win for him. I guess so.
1: Yeah, the sequel is what kind of makes me go,
0: huh. Yeah, he wrote in a blog that, I, I love you guys, I'm dedicated to the show, I read the whole book. I'm not going to read the sequel, just full stop. I'm not going <laughs> to do it. Um, but I was reading on his blog that uh, that he contacted Lorraine Warren. Shout out, you know how I feel about Lorraine Warren. But I, I thought did, she I, died. Well, yeah, she did like way back. Oh, you mean like way back? He contacted. No, he's he's he a Ouija board. Contacted. No, <laughs> yeah, he contacted her way back. Um, but I don't. I couldn't find reference that she came and like did a walkthrough. But she just explained, you know, be careful because a lot of times the entities aren't attached to a specific place; they're attached to a person. So even mm-hmm. if you've left, even if Helen has left, you guys could still encounter things, and that's what I believe the sequel is about. Is about further developments in his life and other instances that he has run into. But the topic here is not Stephen Lachance. The topic here is the house. So I think we've covered sufficiently what happened to the house from start to finish. Interesting.
1: Yes. Well, if you're from Union, Missouri, and this house does, in fact, exist.
0: Please take a photo. Please,
1: please take a photo. Also, send us the address so we can look it up on Google Maps.
0: (laughs) Yeah, send it to us because we have what we think is the address based on some of these websites, but um it is and and it is a the address on some of these websites it's a legitimate house it's owned that people live there whatever but yeah I dogs wanna... are getting if you board your dog at this screaming house oh my god send us a voice recording of your dog telling <laughs> us what has happened to them please yeah but we also
1: if this is if mr winters for real did that shame on you mr winters yeah, I'll subject those poor little
0: doggies to whatever demonic forces live there. Yeah, you can't be like, well, dogs will be fine. <laughs> like, you don't know that. No, not at all. But haunted dog kennel. It's a great. It's a great idea. I mean, it's... that's yeah, that's a Scooby Doo episode right there. <laughs> Scooby and the haunted dog kennel. <laughs> and you know what, Mr. Win- Winner's wig falls off, and they're like, "It was yes. Stephen Lachance the whole time. It
1: was Mr. Winner's the whole time." Honestly, when you like. Think about this. This whole thing could be a Scooby Doo episode.
0: <laughs> Just <laughs> really this haunted could.
1: house with people really running could. up and down the stairs. Mister Winters seems like the bad guy that is in every Scooby Doo episode. She
0: really does. With this they keep talking about this poor man's wig. I will say for this Helen character is it, if she is real as described, she was going through. And if everything as alleged in the book, you know, taking the facts on their face, she went through a time. I mean, she yeah. she struggled with. Physical injuries, being terrorized, feeling terrorized. She has these marks. I mean, uh, according to him, she had these visible marks on her. So whether it was demonic forces or whether it was self-inflicted, either way, this woman, had she was put through the ringer. And I I hope for her sake that she doesn't exist. But if she does, bless her. And I hope she's found peace and happiness and safety somewhere. Because that's an emotional roller coaster and physically just demanding. (laughs) I read that she
1: is now... Happy and peaceful, after several years of speaking with a priest and psychiatrist and everything, but yeah, if all of that is true um however it happened, bless her,
0: mm mm-hmm. girl went through it
1: mhm well, um, happy Halloween, everyone
0: Ooh. Ooh.
1: <laughs> <Shh. coughs> these are all of our <laughs> these are all of our Halloween noises uh this will come out the 28th, I believe. Shout out. Shout out Heather's birthday. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, the closest episode we'll have to Halloween. So happy Halloween, everybody stay safe. And, um, I don't know. Listen to monster mash a bunch. Yeah. It's a graveyard smash. (laughs) We love providing Sinisterhood to you at no cost, so if you like what you hear, consider supporting the show by donating to our Patreon. We're a small operation, creating the show for you by researching, writing, recording, and producing it ourselves. Any amount is sincerely appreciated and
0: helps offset the costs of making and hosting the show. As a thank you, you'll also get some sweet perks like ad-free episodes, a Sinisterhood sticker, membership to our exclusive Patreon Facebook group for those in the Rolling the Airwaves tier, a special shout-out on the show, a monthly bonus mini and patron-exclusive video and audio content, including some fun new additions that we'll be rotating in with our mix bags to bring you fresh weekly content. You also now have the fun perk of
1: access to our Discord server, where you can connect with other fans in real time and discuss the latest in true crime, share personal ghost stories, or just post adorable pictures of your pets. We'll also be hopping on occasionally and hosting monthly Q&As where you can ask us all your burning
0: questions. For our patrons not in the U.S., you now have the option to pay in pounds or euros, saving yourself the cost of the conversion fee. Annual memberships for tiers are also now available. Those that select this option will be rewarded with a free month of membership. For more details on all of this
1: and specific member tiers, visit SinisterHood.com and click Patreon in the top right corner to
0: join today. And make sure you stick around after our sign-offs to hear your shout-out. So many of you have been tagging us in pictures of you sporting your sweet SinisterHood merch. Keep those pictures coming. We recently added a new tote bag design and socks, and I personally think they would make amazing holiday gifts. So if you want to get some cool Sinisterhood swag for yourself or someone you love, something like a t-shirt, mug, tote, or even clothes for your kiddos, visit SinisterHood.com and click on shop in the top right corner.
1: The best thing you can do to help us grow is like, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And please tell a friend who you think would like us to check us out. It means so
0: much to us, and really helps small podcasts like us get more exposure. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Sinisterhood Pod, and like us on Facebook at Sinisterhood. Christy, I'm
1: on Twitter at Christy or GTFO, and on Instagram at Christy and Wallace. Heather,
0: I'm on Instagram at Heather versus the world, and on Twitter at MCK versus the world. As always, the devil rules the airwaves. Keep it creepy. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for supporting the show on Patreon. Here are your special Patreon shout outs. Lauren Birchlove. Kat Ramirez. Jessica Manning. Jacqueline Siegel. Taylor Walters. Alexis Wagner. Christina
1: Redwood. Katie Manzion. Heather S. Caroline H.
0: Emmett Pearson. Sarah Dawn. Dana. Ashima. C.R. Christy Marshall. Rachel Branke, shout out. We were just on her Business Bites podcast recently and we had a great time and we sincerely appreciate the support. Yes, it was super fun. Go listen. Caitlin Morale. Lisa Murphy. Sarah Donnell.
1: Hannah Cortade. Stephanie Parker. Lisa Haig. And Jess F. Thank you guys so much for supporting the show. We sincerely appreciate it, especially during these trying times. We couldn't do this without you. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Happy Halloween and keep it creepy. <laughs>